And that's why patience is so key with anything that you do when we recognize the value of patience. And when I say patience, I think the challenge I think most people have with patience is when you bring up the word, it feels to them like, oh, so I just have to sit around and wait. It's about being not only patient, but persistent, you know, and, and enjoying the process of moving forward. But and to your point, knowing that it will happen anyway and not giving up, you know, after a week. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Ryan. It's really fantastic to have you joining me here today. Yes, Samantha, truly my pleasure. I've been looking forward to it for a while, so so thank you for having me. Ah, such a pleasure. Now, I went to your website and the very first thing I see was that you help people set the stage for the performance of their life. And I was like, I have to get this guy on the show. That resonated with me so much um, because... As most of our listeners know, I've got a background in dance, so I talk about being on the stage all the time. Uh, And then I dived a bit deeper and see that you have spent the majority of your career coaching musicians. So this is super cool. Before we even dive into the topic, why don't you tell us a bit about about you and how you got here? Sure. Yeah, happily. And again, thank you for the opportunity. So, I mean, I... um... I've always been a bit of an ADD entrepreneur, I call it. Like I'm always have something going on somewhere. I, I actually consider entrepreneurialism a form of art. I feel like it's very similar in the sense of people who are musicians, people who are um, painters or sculptors. They, they start off mostly with either a, a blank canvas or a blank music sheet or just a, or, or a, an instrument. And they have this idea in their head and they, they, they play with it and they build it and they create it into something that at some point they want to put out there to be seen or to even be judged by the masses, right, in some mm. capacity. And entrepreneurship is very similar in the sense that you're really starting off with nothing but an idea. You see something and feel something that, that you uh, feel that the, the world could utilize in some basis, on, on some basis, and that, that could, uh, if exchanged for funds, could serve you as well, right? So I've always, I love creating different types of businesses, and I've had many, and you know, some have been awesome, some have been less than awesome, some just stopped at ideas, whatever. But in 2008, I was working in artist management. So I was managing bands and I loved what I loved most about it was just in general, working with creative people and empowering these creative people to understand that they have options to live big and to set large goals. And it's not necessarily going to happen in a week, a month, a year, two years, but if you decide who you want to be and you do something about it every single day, you're going to be moving towards that. Right. And it's our job as individuals to decide what we want to take action towards it as often as possible. And that's not just physical action, that's mental action, spiritual action, you know, emotional action, all these different things. We get to decide who we want to be, um, but to do something about it on, on a regular basis. So, But there's also aspects of the music industry that I didn't love from being a manager. I didn't necessarily like dealing with shady club owners. Mm. And I didn't necessarily like if I was working with a band and half the members didn't want to show up to practice on time or get as many gigs as were necessary to really be successful or really willing to put in the effort often it felt like it was babysitting and not necessarily building something together. So there's a couple other things I did and didn't like, whatever. Uh, but in October of 2008, like three times during the same month, I, the conversation ended up, someone just mentioned the word coaching or something like that. And I was like, oh, 
that, that sounds like me. I mean, that sounds like what I love doing about my, my job. And so I did some more research and I ended up getting certified in 2009 as a certified professional coach. And at that time, I still, you know, I focused on musicians. So I was able to kind of get rid of all the things I didn't like about what I was doing, but keep all the things that I did like and enhance some things as well. And then learn a lot more about myself along the way. So I started coaching musicians in 2009. And I would say majority of the last decade, you know, maybe 60, 70% were spent really with a focus on musicians. Uh, and as my skill grew and as my connections grew and as my network grew and I was asked to kind of work in other uh, areas of expertise, I expanded who I'll work with. Uh, really not so much of a niche anymore. I certainly do still work with musicians, but um, that's how I originally got there. When I was um, getting certified, I attended a training called or a school called IPEC or the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. They're one of the top coach training programs in the world. And as I was attending there, I, I got to know some of their leadership and they actually asked me to start working for them before I even graduated. Mm. So while I was starting my own practice, I also ended up helping them first with some marketing, but then also as their first ever internal coach. So I coached all of their staff. Mm-hmm. And so as I started, that was kind of like my first entry out of just the musicians and kind of more into different aspects. And so I worked with people from entry level all the way up to the C-suite. Right? Mm-hmm. So I was coaching the CEO, I was coaching different members. And so that gave me more diversity in my understanding of, of just humans, not just in, in the musician space. Mm. Um, and then since then, I've grown to coach doctors and lawyers and uh, authors and people in marketing and, and all sorts of things. People who are generally interested in living more on purpose. Mm. Uh, recognizing that, that you know life is a gift and they'd like to do something more with it than be frustrated or overwhelmed yeah I think that it's a topic well it's always topical you know creating your own life and living on purpose but yeah. I don't know about you but I'm noticing this conversation since the pandemic has been yeah. coming a lot up a lot more people are you know this this pandemic has given us all cause to stop for a bit or pause because things yeah. haven't quite gone right and so many people have really gone internally and, and started to think, is this really what I want? Am I really happy? Is this is yeah. this direction, you know, where I want to go? And a lot of people that I've seen have really not even, you know, done complete changes, but but changed gears, Maybe. which is really great to see. Yeah. It's interesting what I've found, and I, I certainly found this in myself, and I found this in people who I'm close to, and, and some of my clients, and just other colleagues or whatever. I've found that this pandemic has really made people more of what they already were, in the mm-hmm. sense that if you know you're now, it's it's not that you're backed into a corner, but there, there's definitely been an obvious change everywhere. And so if you were already kind of living in the space of your life where, and again, this is not to judge anybody for anything. Everybody's exactly who they should be for the life they've led. Mm. But if you're in a space where up until the pandemic, you were kind of already at the effective life and you're kind of already in a, a little, um, any type of a, a victim level mentality, like this really just puts you over the edge, right? Mm. In many situations and rightfully so, because that's how you're used to looking at, at life. It's all happening to me. Oh my gosh, now it's really happening to me. It's happening to me and it's happening to the rest of the world. And at the same time, if you're someone who is looking to create every day of your life, create a life that serves you and serves others, you're looking to uh, be the light that you want to see in the world. You're looking to live on purpose and create an outcome that serves your purpose or your family. Like now it's like, oh my gosh, now is the time for me to, right? So now th- th- when that person, when this all happens, like now is the time for do this. I'm stuck at home anyway. I'm not just going to sit around. I've got stuff to do. I've got work to do. Thank God we have the internet. We have so many different ways for people to actually step into the greatness and, and reach to the outside world when they couldn't physically go out there. Mm. And so I think to your point of it coming up more often, I think there's some people who maybe were, procrastinating on changing their life, 
but there was a piece to them that always knew that it was time to, they wanted to, that they're ready for a shift. And this kind of was that, that piece to kind of push them a little bit over the edge. Okay, well, if not now, then when? Absolutely. And it's that procrastination piece, which happens when things are comfortable, even if we don't like them. So this is the, this is super interesting about all of us as humans. We can be in a situation that we really hate, but it's still, it's comfortable. And in the last, it's a habit. Absolutely. It's a habit. But the last few months, it's like, and, and, you know, I think that what is also interesting is it's not just happening to people in their own suburb, it's happening to people all over the world, which has created this really cool, all of us coming together because we're yeah. all going through this, but it's also our backs against the wall. All right. Okay. It's not comfortable at all anymore. We may right. as well do something about it now. Yeah. And what was, um, you're right. And so what was even... I didn't like, but was somewhat comfortable or I was used to is not necessarily the same anymore anyway. So it's now it's almost like this is the gift that I was looking for. This is the reason that I was looking to get rid of whatever I whatever I, I was comfortable doing that I didn't like. Mm. Uh, so I'm not going to put up with it anymore. Absolutely. And it was uh, I popped something up on Facebook the other day. It was, you know, it was something that was a little bit, a little bit funny, a little bit weird. And I just sort of ended off with I didn't see that coming. And someone right. came into my post and said, have you seen any of 2020 coming? <laughs> but here's the interesting thing. Do we ever see anything coming? Right. And this is, I found really interesting in this year is that we never know what's happening at any other time. Yeah. Why, why is this different? And then the other side of that is what, what comes to mind for me as a coach and as somebody who does um, create intentions regularly, sometimes we do, see, you know, there's an opportunity then to, to see things, uh, to see things coming in, in mm-hmm. the sense that similar to your point, it's the same as it was last year, or the year before for the person who is every day creating a life on purpose mm. and focusing, they, they might not know it's going to happen this year or how it's going to happen. But if you're determined to reach a certain level of success in whatever your business is or wherever your industry is, or to, you know, um, have a specific outcome and you focus on that and you're working on manifesting and creating it through your efforts, through your conversations, uh, through even meditations, that type of thing. Like you never know when it's going to happen or how it's going to unfold. And so even this year as 2020, that to your point is the same. Like you didn't see how it was going to, how the year is going to transpire uh, in, in such a major unique way, but that doesn't mean that there aren't people who are still working towards their dreams or towards their focus. And they're still going to unfold. In fact, maybe now because of this in some capacity, like I mentioned earlier, that they have more time to focus on who they want to be. Uh, they've had more opportunity to connect virtually and for some different reasons, they have more time on their hands. And so if you look at the concept that life is happening for you and not to you, and you really step into that on a daily basis, it, it, you know, it's either true or it's not true. It's not like sometimes it's happening for me and sometimes it's happening to me really from a quantum physics level life, from my opinion, right? Life is happening for us. Mm-hmm. And so when we recognize that and we embrace that, the truth is that even a global pandemic is happening for us. And if that's mm. the truth, then what are we what are we doing with that truth? And what you know, what, what is our responsibility at the same time? I love that so much. And I'm a quantum physics nerd. Um, yeah. affirmations, meditations, and manifestations. You you mentioned that then. How do you use this in your practice to create this life, to design what it is that you you want your life to look like? Yeah, uh, very intentional, very purposeful. So really just a morning routine of I wake up typically somewhere between 5.30 and 6 in the morning. Uh, I get up and I meditate for anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour plus. 
Uh, I do a different meditation daily. I, I don't know if you, you probably are being, are you familiar with Joe Dispenza, Dr. Mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza being Absolutely. a quantum so, Yeah. So I'm a huge, huge Dr. Joe fan. Like really, he's certainly, his work has definitely helped me level up just my uh, enjoyment of existence, so, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've got about 18 of his meditations downloaded to my phone. And I do just a different one every morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does put me in a place of using quantum physics in the sense of um, setting my intentions, but also raising my level of, of, you know, elevated emotions, that type of thing to really kind of create that. Right. So I start off my day with focus and, and, and presence and intention. Uh, after I meditate, I go exercise for, you know, maybe 25, 30 minutes. Nothing too crazy. As you can tell, I'm not like this super bulky guy, but, you know, <laughs> movement. I keep the movement going, right. Just for a basic line of health. Uh-huh. Um, then I come in back into my office and I do what I call my I am's. Mm-hmm. which is um, like a, a North Star. It's like I, I sit and I, I speak out loud who I want to be and how I want to show up and what what my the greatest version of myself could be. And I show, I create gratitude for that outcome. And just to kind of, before I continue, I'll dial it back. This hasn't changed since the pandemic started. You know what I mean? Just because there was yeah. a pandemic going on, I didn't suddenly stop doing this, right? In fact, I actually upped it uh, and I've really been spending more time in gratitude and more time like creating and focus on what I want to create. So from the I am's, I then I come down and I, I do some, um, some journaling where, again, I'm writing things that I'm grateful for. I'm writing some goals for the day. And my goals for the day aren't tasks. There's a separate section for tasks. But my goals for the day are things like be present with whomever I'm with, uh, be productively joyful, choose to recognize the energy that I'm creating and that is surrounding me. In any, like these different things, who, who I want to be as a human being in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, from there, I do some stretching and then I go up and I start my day, right? So to kind of answer your question, there's a meditation, there's some I am statements, there's physical exercise, all this time where I'm focusing on the manifestation of who I want to be. Mm. And when we add, including those things, it's not just, hey, I want to have millions of dollars or you know, I want to have these different things that many people do. And I certainly am not opposed to that. I'm, I'm very excited to have lots of money. And I feel like the more money you have, the more you can do with it. And if you're a person that wants to serve the world, you have more opportunities to serve. And so mm. um, in that sense, though, I think part of it, it's not just that it is being joyful. It is choosing to be the light that you want to see in the world. It is choosing to have an influence that serves others every day, reminding yourself of these different things of who I want to be. And that, for me, is part of the ability to manifest other things, because if you can enjoy the journey through joy through presence through creativity and loving of life itself and understanding of the quantum level that we are just drawing from limitless possibilities mm-hmm. um you know it makes it not only my experience more possible to manifest things but to just to enjoy the process and you're not waiting on it you're just enjoying the concept that i have the opportunity to even create something to begin with mm. love this all so so much what I would love you to speak into is coping versus creating, because I know yeah. that this is something that you talk about. And I think that this is really awesome right now, because some th- there are a lot of people that are struggling and challenged, that there are a lot of businesses that have really been affected by this pandemic. Also, conversely, and I know a lot of people aren't talking about this, there's also a lot of businesses that are doing well that yeah. have innovated really quickly or are really serving like um, what needs the people that need to be served right now. So yeah. there, you know, there is so much opportunity. Uh, so I'd love you to talk about coping versus creating. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, and again, it, it goes back to similar to the life is happening to me versus life is happening for me, right? The coping is life is happening to me. It's like all of a sudden you're at the effect of life and you're constantly putting up, um, trying to figure out how to, to protect yourself from the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. right? And, and that's how you, so you're constantly on the defense and you're constantly thinking about as you step into your job, like, oh my gosh, I need to be prepared. I need to be putting out fires. What's the worst case scenario? This is going to happen and that's going to happen. And, and and you're at a place where you're constantly on edge. And from my experience, there's no flow there. Mm. But you can look at any of those same scenarios and step into work and say, who am I going to create today? I'm going to create somebody who is on purpose and who is looking at the challenges ahead as a gift, right? As weird as that may sound, as a challenge and not a uh, threat, uh, you know, because there is a difference. And so when we start to step into creativity and recognizing that we, we can utilize the right side of our brain to be creative, and you know, when we ask ourselves questions, our brain is a machine that will automatically try to answer them one way or another if, if we're genuinely being curious about it, right? So to say in the, in the example that you gave, which is an awesome one and so, so true, uh, oh my gosh, there's a pandemic right now and people can't come to my store anymore. There's, there's one group of people who are just going to sit down and be like, oh my gosh, the pandemic happened to me and this is sucks and my business mm. is down and I can't do anything about it and the, 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 you know, come up with all the reasons why life is terrible. And there's another person who on that exact same day was like, oh my gosh, hey, listen, this is, this is happening. What can we do to, to, to look for an opportunity? How can we pivot immediately uh, to create not only income for us during this crazy time, but also something else that could serve other people to where they want to give us income, hmm. where they want to send money our way, where we can serve them. That, that there, there's a whole new slew of challenges for, for the average person out there that Absolutely. we can Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, real quick, there is a quick story about two salesmen who were sent to like the deserts of Africa or something like that. And they were shoe salesmen. Have you heard this one? I love this one. Please yeah. go ahead. <laughs> okay. So, you know, they, they get out there to get the tribe. The first guy gets there and he looks around and there's just, you know, a thousand people, but none of them are wearing shoes, right? They, they've just been, they, they've grown up in, the, in this tribe and they really have no need for shoes. They haven't seen that as something that they need. And so he gets on the phone and he calls back his boss. He says, listen, you got to send me home. This is ridiculous. What a waste of my time. I can't believe you flew me all the way out here. Nobody has any shoes. These people don't even wear shoes. Why am I here? And then five minutes, the guy hangs up. He says, okay, I'll, you know, I'll send some, we'll send a plane. We'll have you come home. Five minutes later, he gets a call from the other salesman. He says, oh my gosh, you're never going to believe this. Nobody here has shoes. We could sell thousands and thousands of shoes here, right? It was all opportunity. Yeah. And the exact same scenario, exact same location. Uh, it was really just about looking at it for the benefit, not only of the salesperson, but also of the, the the client, of the prospect, of the individual who you're looking to serve. Mm, um, totally. and so that is that's a really easy kind of glance at coping versus creating. Coping feels like, oh my gosh, I'm a victim in life, and creating is like life is for me. Mm, mm. How can I how can I utilize that fact every single day? Absolutely. Now you talked before, or we spoke a little bit about habits. Yeah, habits are nasty little things because they go on and on so if someone's in this coping place and they're hearing this it can be a really tricky thing to to change this habit to change gears to move from being in that defense to being in that attack what is something that someone can do you know just some simple little tips on how they can change it up because i mean first point obviously is to to see, oh, yeah, that's where I am. I'm here. Right, How awareness. do we change that habit? Yeah, great question. And the, the, the side note is 
when you once you make that change, by the way, it's not easy, right? So mm-hmm. it's nothing that you do in a day, a week, or even a month, mm-hmm. um, depending on what the habit is. I, I forget what the I think something like twenty five days makes a new habit. I think uh, it, yeah, making, something like that. Thirty days, something around there. Yeah. But so it is something that you need to be consistent with. So as far as tips are in changing habits, I think to your point, first of all, it's recognizing that it is a habit. Is this something that you've been doing sometimes for 30 plus years or who knows, um, but really getting clarity around some acknowledgement of yourself for being there, A, for being there, but B, an acknowledgement of being ready ready to change it. Uh, And then after that, get clarity on what you want your new habit to look like and really ask yourself, you ask your brain those questions. What would I rather this be? What is the opposite? If, if I recognize there's a habit that is not serving me, an easy question is, what is the opposite of this? And when you, when you get clarity around that, then you could, okay, so how can I introduce that habit to myself? What is something that I can do with that habit daily, if not multiple times a day? Um, I think it's the first thing that comes up for me, but also maybe if along those same lines, and I'm thinking out loud, if you, you know, seek somebody who emulates the habits that you would prefer to create mm, in your own life. So and powerful. What, Yeah. And either if you don't know them, if it's a celebrity type of thing or someone you see on YouTube or something like that, then take in as much content as possible as you can. Mm. Be aware. Like, Are you just spending time watching nothing on TV? Utilize that time instead to watch something that could feed your brain and serve your purpose and serve your life and make you um, want to not only want to, but be inspired to to pursue those newer habits that will serve you and others. Mm. Uh, And or if you do know somebody who is you know, that you do look up to, even if it's somebody you haven't spoken with, maybe your friends on Facebook, but you're seeing their post and you're seeing how they might've changed their behavior. You know, people go through the different stages of life all the time and often will share it publicly in, in, in like a Facebook setting or something like that. So if you have a friend, even if you haven't spoke with them, but you've seen some changes in their life take place. Typically, if somebody's going through that type of a change and they're having great benefits, they're excited about it and they're excited about life and they're, they know where they came from. And they know the journey they've been on and they, they know where they're going also. And they're, when they hear somebody else who's intentionally saying, hey, I am where you were. I see where you are and where you're going. I would like to do that too. They're not going to blow you off. They're going to be excited for you because they, from a level of empathy, understanding where they were as well. Mm. And they, they, the fact that you're reaching out and then saying, hey, I want to change. I want to grow. I think is an open is a cause for open dialogue. And it's just a great place just to have a quick conversation. Hey, I, we don't need to become best friends, but you know, in this time of zoom, can we get together for 15 minutes on Thursday and just hear a little bit about your journey? I've been seeing you post for the past couple of years and whatever, you know, I'm really kind of ready to change myself. And I guarantee like, you know, they're probably going to be very open to it. To mm. Absolutely. I think that surrounding yourself by the, with the right people has definitely is one of the most powerful things you know even if we think of sometime maybe you know we we wanted to get a bit healthy you know we'd gotten to habit of eating chocolate and you know not having great eating habits if we continue to hang around the same people trying to change those habits of eating you know salad for dinner is really difficult with the same right. people if they're constantly going oh don't worry just you know order the cake it's fine it's just this yeah. once as Look, opposed I, to I got a chocolate bar right here yeah don't that's worry. exactly <laughs> right yeah here let me feed you yeah. you know as opposed to making that decision and then surrounding yourself with people that eat like that all the time so it's completely normal it is so so powerful and as is the same in business surrounding yeah. yourself with the people that think a certain way that uh you know that impact how are you to make different decisions that are vulnerable and, and share that I, um, 
this isn't easy. Exactly right. what you said earlier, it, to change a habit is not easy, but it is simple. Correct. Yeah. And it, it just it just takes choice. In every moment, we always have a choice. Mm. Um, and just to kind of back it up a little bit, I think I think it's Les Brown who says that, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. And so just to get clarity, it's like, who is your tribe? Who are you spending time with in, in all facets? And it doesn't mean like, so I'm an example where I have like really close, I have five really good friends who I've been friends with since I was 17 years old. And there's aspects of my life that were not the healthiest, right? And there were, these were the guys that I did was not healthy with. Like we would go out and we were partying in our twenties and, you know, getting crazy and stuff. And so we're still close friends. We have, we have kids now and we, we've led different lives, but they're not the ones that I'm going to go to for my spiritual growth. Mm. They're not the ones that they are like, they are like brothers to me. They are my best friends, but at the same time, they're not the ones who I'm going to go to for health tips. They're not the ones that I'm going to go to for inspiration in my entrepreneurial journey uh, because they are, are different. So it's important, I think, to get clear on who you are surrounding yourself with. And if, if you're in a similar space to that where your friends aren't that way and you're ready to be that way, you know, start looking into mastermind groups. There's always an opportunity to reach out to other people who are interested in developing uh, connection with others who are in a, on a growth pattern or mm. a spot of their life. Yeah. Uh, so if you, know, if you don't have those five people, it's okay for you to look for them. <laughs> Absolutely. And just as I was listening to you, something came up for me as well that I feel like we need to talk about a little bit is that that's not just five people total. Because I right. think, you know, there's all of these different aspects of our life, our finances, our relationships, you know, yeah. our health, our our business or our career. And I think a lot of people, when they go through this change and they start the personal development journey, I see a lot of people just like cutting off everyone that's in their life and just going with these, you know, these people that are on this personal development journey or, yeah. you know, I just want to hang around these people in business. But it's actually okay to have different people in different areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's always, in my opinion, it's always whoever you're with and spending your time with, it's re- it's an opportunity to, to see a reflection of yourself as well. Mm. Now, there's one thing to just cut people off. In the example that I gave with my friends, like I didn't cut them off at all. Mm. We're still very close. I did spend less time with them. Yes. I did have to make a conscious effort to focus more of my time and my my casual time being less casual because I want to just change in my life. And if you keep doing the things you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. And I got to a point a while, you know, many years ago where I was ready just for, for change in many areas of my life. Mm-hmm. I did drastically spend less time with them, but we're still very close and we still get together once a month or whatever it is. And we still yep. have a text chain and that type of thing. So unless somebody's abusive to you or hurting you, you yeah, know, some way, that's you different. Know, right. Then you certainly do want to cut them off. Yeah. <laughs> and that in itself is also a habit that's difficult to break. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the exact same scenario, right? We find ourselves in these places. So sometimes in that scenario, not to just totally change topics, but since I said that, I do want to also say, even for those of anybody who has out there is in a relationship that is really just not serving them. It's easy for me to say on this side of the microphone, Hey, just Mm -hmm. cut them off. And I understand that life is not always that simple, but a great way for someone to start maneuvering out of those type of a scenario is to start seeking people who are, you know, doesn't that, you don't have to cut everything off and change, but start seeking people who will help you level up, who have leveled up their own life and start learning from them and, and, and looking to spend some time with them as well. Yeah. I love that you said that because, um, you know, it's something I talk about often is that you, you know, you don't see these changes instantly, but if you could look, you know, five, 10 years down the track and look back and say, wow, I've achieved this massive goal and you knew you were going to achieve it. Would you start now in creating these little tiny changes? Most people's answer to that is yes. 
but they right. still don't start those little tiny things. And yeah. I just did a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago that 10 years ago, I separated from my husband. We'd been married for 20 years. And, uh, you know, I, there was this specific instance. I was sitting on the beach. And at that moment, I just went, this is my happy place. You know, I want to be living at the beach. And yeah. right in the middle of lockdown in Australia, we moved to the most beautiful place that's right on the beach. It took me 10 years to get here, but I made yeah. little tiny decisions every single day that all meant that I was here. But most people think, oh, it's never going to happen. Yeah. And that's why patience is so key with anything that you do when we recognize the value of patience. And when I say patience, I think the challenge I think most people have with patience is when you bring up the word, it feels to them like, oh, so I just have to sit around and wait. Mm. So and that's what I don't want to do. And so to your point, it's like, well, I'm not going to wait five years. Like, I'm not just going to sit around and wait five years. I might as well just stick or sit around. And it's like, but at the same time, they, just by saying that, they end up kind of sitting around and doing the same thing they were doing anyway, mm. uh, as opposed to deciding in your example of, of living on the beach and knowing where your happy place is, knowing that that is my outcome, right? That's where I'm going to be living and create gratitude for it. And don't necessarily attach yourself to the outcome of it happening tomorrow or mm -hmm. the next day mm -hmm. or whatever. But if you recognize with genuine gratitude and authenticity that this is where I plan to be and mm. you do something about it every day and you stop counting the minutes that it's taking you to get there mm -hmm. and instead work just towards it with joy and gratitude for the outcome. If you work on something every single day, if, if literally if I took a, one step a day every day, you know, towards something physically, eventually you're going to get there. Um, mm. Even if it takes you 10 years, if it's far enough away, mm -hmm. it's about being not only patient, but persistent, you know, and, and enjoying the process uh, of mm. moving forward. But and to your point, knowing that it will happen anyway and not giving up, uh, you know, after a week. <laughs> exactly. And also not forcing it because, yeah. because we can force something and change the way that it's just meant to happen. Totally. And there is, you know, there's a, there's a, it's a great point because there's a thin line between allowing mm -hmm. and forcing, right. And working mm -hmm. hard. It's like you, you can work hard towards stuff, but there's also, and I think this comes with, with practice, uh, a level of, of kind of listening to life and allowing things to happen. And I think sometimes when we get things that push up against us, that stop us from wanting to kind of move forward, we either push too hard against it. And it just becomes like a, a shift in energy where you're, not really even moving forward as much as you're just kind of in, in a stressful moment uh, as opposed to just allow what is happening and ask for the lesson and be curious as to what the lesson is right now. And how is this actually, instead of pushing against me, how is this actually helping me to get to where I actually want to go? Mm -hmm. I love that word curious. You've used it so many times and each time I'm like, yeah, we're going there, but you keep delivering all this gold that has me going down different rabbit holes. But I think that this word curious is almost like the the key that opens all of this up. The biggest. Um, and I say that because the opposite of curiosity is judgment, right? They're two sides of the same coin. And that's with ourselves or with others. When, when we recognize something or someone is different from us, we typically, as humans, go to judgment. Well, I'm either going to judge them as better than me or worse than me, right? Or I might even judge them as the same as me. But at some mm -hmm. point, I am putting a judgment or a label and I'm putting them in some sort of a box. As opposed to curiosity does not put anything in a box. It does the opposite. It opens up to limitless possibilities. If you say, if I think that person is rude, I'm just trying to do a little quick judgment. Mm -hmm, I say mm -hmm. that person is rude. Um, 
well, if I, that may be true in comparison to how I was raised and it, you know, and it might be compared to society. And so that, that could be, uh, there's some truth with a lowercase T there, but if instead you judge them, instead of judging them, you got curious as I wonder why that person behaves that way. Like I'm genuinely curious what makes them behave that way. Is it, how were they raised? What, I wonder how their parents spoke to them their entire life. Are they in an abusive relationship or what are the, all the different things? And when you, we generally get curious about someone, um, it opens up to possibility. It opens up to understanding. It opens up to empathy, which mm. then at the same time, being that really, in my opinion, and this is based on layman's study of science, we're all one, right? We, we uh-huh. all literally yeah. are all just one consciousness. Yep. And so judgment is separation. It's judging you as different and separate from me. Whereas curiosity, again, and now we'll take it to internally. So if I'm judging myself as, you know what, I'm, I'm not as successful as I want to be. I should be more successful by now. I should have been in a different relationship. I should lose more weight. I, whatever, all these different things that we come up with. If at any point you're, you're sitting there by saying all that, you're judging yourself as not good enough. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, with that comes heavy weight. I mean, mm-hmm. you can actually feel it when I'm saying it. And to even replace the word should in any one of those circumstances with the word could you open up curiosity. Well, you know, I could lose some weight. What would it be like if I did? I could, um, I could be more successful and I'm not. I wonder why I'm not. Well, I'm not probably because I spent this amount of time here. I'm not spending as much time over here that I could. What could I be doing to be more successful? Or maybe I'm not patient enough or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I could, uh, of the relationship that instead of I should be in a better relationship, I could be in a better relationship. So what, what's, what don't I like about the one that I'm in? Instead of judging, I'm in a bad relationship. Great. What do I, what don't I like about my relationship? Well, this, that, and that. Great. What would I like to see? In, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my point is by, by truly accessing curiosity as often as possible, not only do we develop that habit um, and really access the right side of our brain, but again, going back to our brain being a machine, anytime we ask it questions, it then seeks the answer. So the, 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 the exciting thing here is at any given point, if you decide to be, if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, you decide to be curious even if it's just, a, I'm curious as to how I can not be stressed or overwhelmed instead of feeling like, oh, I'm trapped in this place of stress and overwhelm, mm-hmm. you open the, the, the door to possibility. Absolutely. So me, curiosity is huge. Absolutely. And, you know, as creatives, and, and we are all creatives, that's what entrepreneurs are. That's, that's what makes us amazing. You know, we want to be authentic and unique. And something that I heard yesterday, which is so obvious, but it was just the way that it was said, it just blew my mind is that we all want to be, you know, creative and authentic and unique, but we're afraid of being judged. And what I heard was, yeah, but if we're all authentic, that means that we're all different. So someone's going to judge us. It's just that simple. And I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I've missed this the whole time. You know, I always say we're going to be judged, but to realize, oh, we are all different. And that means that you know, we have to embrace that. Just by literally showing yourself to someone else who is different, right? Meaning that they were born at a different time from different parents. Like had you lived every single second of their life from the second they were conceived until the second when you met them, you would be judging you in that same way, right? Because they're judging you based on their own single reality. Mm. And so when you take the kind of, to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, that there are billions of realities going on all at once. Um, I think that the interesting challenge is when people put ourselves out there as creators, as artists, as entrepreneurs, we are automatically putting ourselves out there for judgment. But what we're doing in our mind is we're typically, I think in some capacity, without even acknowledging it or saying it out loud, is we're, we're typically 
feel like everybody out there who's going to see our stuff is coming from the same perspective as I am. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. It's kind of like when you're on Twitter and like, you feel like, you know, a bunch of people and then all of a sudden somebody says something and you're like, you're, you're judging it from your own perspective and then uh-huh. you get to meet them and they're nothing like you. And then you're like, Oh, well now I don't really take anything you're saying uh-huh. into consideration. Right. So where I'm going with this is like, so if you were to think about, well, we'll go back to the tribe in Africa that I used for the shoe example. If somebody's creating a business and you were to say, by the way, uh, there's a guy in a tribe in Africa who doesn't really like what your business is. You typically would be like, well, what do I care? Like he has a completely different life and a completely different experience. And he's really not even my target market or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, for some reason, when we think more people who we just see pictures of our faces of the social media, we think they're more like us. We do care what they think or what their judgment is. But it's the, in my opinion, it's the exact same thing. What, what anybody else's judgment of you or your business or your art literally has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them. Mm. And it's actually none of our business what someone else thinks of us because, again, it has nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. It has everything to do with their life experience. And the, the cool part about that is once you really start focusing also by not judging others and focusing on how you can be the best version of yourself and create from, you know, let your, let your, the song of your soul sing, whatever that is. If that's a business person, if it's an entrepreneur, if it's an artist, if, whatever, if it's an employee, if you want to be the best employee and build a business to like, you know, for someone else in a great space, whatever you feel called to do, wasting your physical energy of your mind and your thoughts on what someone else thinks is in my opinion, just that it doesn't serve you. Now, if somebody has what you want, and they have a level of expertise in an area that you are pursuing, it doesn't make sense to worry about what they think. It makes sense to seek advice or guidance from them or mentorship. And so that's a different opinion from someone that has exactly what you want. But other than that, um, judgment is really just something that we all do that keeps us separated. Mm, Totally, totally. We've talked about being authentic and unique, being being curious to change our our view and to to create this life on purpose but there's something else that I feel that we need to really take a delve into and that's perception because our perception of things can create our reality so you've talked about the four minute millionaire before I'd love to I'd love you to share this story um, around changing the perception of millionaires and becoming a millionaire because I think this is so powerful yeah thank you again um, so yeah, so the concept was really just there and I feel bad. So, and, I, and thank you. And I, I guess you, you listened to that, that podcast, that blog, uh-huh. audio blog. Uh-huh. And again, I still don't know the name of the guy or right? the guy who broke the four minute mile. I think it was Roger Barrister or something uh, like that. Oh, I think so. I think that's, it's Roger. Yeah, I think so. Or Bannister maybe. But anyway, so something like yep. that. So anyway, back in, and again, I don't know the year either. So I'll say 1940 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So there, nobody could run a four minute mile. They, they literally said that it's impossible that the human body is unable to run a mile in four minutes. You know, horses can do it, whatever, but, but humans cannot do it. We will not, not be able to. And then, so finally this guy did it. This guy, Roger Bannister, I think his name is. <laughs> Let, let's go with that for now. <laughs> yeah. I, whoever you are, I promise I'm giving you the credit you deserve. Um, and uh, so he ran this four minute mile and then within like a year or two, you know, within a short amount of months, somebody did it. Somebody else did it. And then within a year, like five people did it. And then, you know, so all these different things. So all of a sudden it wasn't even the truth anymore. It was a lie that you couldn't run in four minutes and people were doing it over and over again. And it just became a thing that that was a high level of something to do. Um, and it wasn't simple, but something that w- could be done. Mm. And so the concept of the four minute millionaire is there was a time when to be a millionaire was like this ultimate thing that really most people didn't do. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's like, you, know, you go back to uh, Austin Powers 
when it's like when he goes back in time in the 60s when he's like one million dollars you know and it was <laughs> yeah. like oh you know it's like this huge thing this huge amount uh but now it's 2020 and obviously there's inflation involved etc but there are so many millionaires i think there was i forget what the number was um but it's like hundreds of thousands of millionaires in the u.s alone mm-hmm. right something like that for i think i looked at the status after i, I made the, the podcast um so knowing that it's something that is done all the time and if you really just even take that into consideration as an aspiring entrepreneur and you say, okay, listen, this is not something that's impossible to do. There are people from all walks of life who become millionaires. There are people who were raised with nothing and became millionaires. There are people who are uh, raised with a lot and took that and made more into it and become millionaires. Hmm. There are people in every industry that have become millionaires. Um, the other cool thing is with this, and I get this a lot from when I, when I from my experience working in the music industry. I, I, I promise it's going to line up. A lot of time when people, I would start working with musicians, you know, the typical musician, oh, I want to be like the Rolling Stones and sell out stadiums, right? That's mm-hmm. what success looks like. Mm-hmm. But the truth is now in today's day and age, there are so many extremely six-figure, high six-figure income musicians who you've never heard of and you never will hear of, mm-hmm. right? They create music for all sorts of different types of venues and they sell to all sorts of different types of programs, to games, to movies, to commercials, to things, and you've never heard of them. And so my my point in this is you can be a millionaire too. You don't necessarily have to be the billionaire. You don't have to be the Bill Gates. You don't have to be uh, the Elon Musk who's making the billions and everybody knows your name. If that's what you want, that's cool. And it's something to strive for. Mm. But I am saying in the sense that a millionaire is nothing that you, you couldn't strive for today. You couldn't begin mm-hmm. striving for. And mm. there's so many different types of people out there who you can be influenced by and start seeking out guidance from, uh, on, from on YouTube alone. That's, you know, uh, and so start decide whatever that is, whether it be a millionaire or, or anything like that, decide that you want to do it and start taking action. And once you really start stepping into the journey of saying, this is where I'm going, like I'm already excited to get there and I'm not worried about how long it's going to take. I just know that I'm going to get there. The journey itself becomes so much fun. And I, and I got news for you. Once you get to that million, it's not going to be, oh, that's it. I'm just going to do nothing now. I'm just no. going <laughs> to, I made it. I'm just going to sit here, right? It's the opposite. So I say that in the sense that, set a benchmark, but know that it's not the end game anyway. It's Mm. kind of just another part of a longer journey. Mm, mm, mm. Totally. And I think don't make that the end game. You know, it's it's just that the end game is, and and this is even maybe not even true. The end game is the day we die. That might not even be the end game. We don't know. Um, But don't put all, you know, it's, it's not just about that one thing. It's just part of the journey. You know, yeah. I, I could, people ask me about, you know, can you remember that day where, you know, you sort of did your million dollars and I'm like, yeah, I can remember it so vividly because it is something that I had consciously been working towards. Yeah. But the moment was, that is so cool. Let's open a bottle of champagne tonight. Now, what, what do we look like, straight back to what are we doing? Right. It, it really was that it wasn't that much of a blip in, in what was going on. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's like, it is, it's a reason to celebrate. I do, I do think it's a reason, and, and you did. It uh, is a reason to celebrate, definitely. Yeah. So definitely celebrate when you get there. In fact, that's one other thing that I would just kind of point as a quick tip for going back a couple of conversations to uh, people who want to change habits and that type of thing. When you do start changing habits and you start living more on purpose, celebrate your life as often as possible. It's not celebrate, sit in my hands. It's celebrate though, hey, I'm doing what I said I want to be doing. I've made it to where I want to be going. The journey is continuing. Um, and in that sense, when once you make that that million, it's like, okay, celebrate it, love it. High fives all around, crack the bottle of bubbly. Um, and then decide what's next and do that with passion and with joy and, and while being the light that you want to see. And you really can't go wrong. 
Totally. Now you've written a book, Ryan, Be Patient, Be Present, Be Joyful. Can you just yeah. tell us a little bit about that book? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you again for the, for the opportunity to share. Um, so I am not an awesome reader. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, there are so many great books out there with a ton of amazing information that, that could change your life, right? We all know that. I find myself when I get to these books that are three, two, three, four hundred pages long, I just don't finish them. And it's just how my brain works. I have no idea what it is. I find myself 30, 40 pages in reading the same page over and over again, like just my brain goes elsewhere. And so being a coach for over 10 years, I was noticing certain consistencies in, in, in challenges that my clients were having, um, friends, family, myself. I mean, I wrote this book as much for me as I did for the rest of the world, but I didn't want to have to read 300 pages to feel better on a, on a tough day. And so I wrote this book, it's, you know, it's 75 pages long and, you know, there's a lot of drawings in it, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of illustrations. Uh, and I, I wrote it for people who are having a tough day and just want to sit down in 30 minutes and read a book that will serve them in the moment mm -hmm. and give them some basic concepts that they can utilize from a layman's perspective in a conversational format. So it's not like this super heady detail. We're not getting into the psychology of this as much as it's just like, hey, here's some truths in life. Uh, and it's funny because you mentioned very clearly, you know, we are all creators. The prologue of the book is that, is, hey, listen, before you even go on with the rest of this book, uh, you need to know that you are a creator and you're always creating in any capacity. Mm. Right now, you and I are creating two people creating an awesome podcast, mm. right? Uh, if you wake up in the morning and you put on some blue socks and blue pants and a blue shirt and a blue hat, you're creating a person dressed in blue, <laughs> right? You, yeah. you put bread and mayo and some bacon, lettuce, tomato on a sandwich, you're, you're creating a BLT. I know it sounds basic and obvious, but I kind of want to point that out that we're always creating. Even if you're sleeping, you are creating a human sleeping. Mm. Now, where this comes into play is when you are sad and rightfully so in any situation, you are creating sadness. When you're frustrated or stressed, you are creating anxiety. When you're angry at someone and maybe rightfully so, but you are still creating anger. We create laughter, we create businesses, we create art. But at any given point, we recognize that we're always creating something. And when you, when you take that concept down and you start to say, okay, what am I creating now? Like that's how the prologue begins. And then so if you're feeling stressed, chapter one is be patient. So create, you know, if you're feeling stressed, typically it's because you want something to happen sooner than it's happening. Mm -hmm. I want it to happen now. I don't want to wait 10 years. I don't want to wait this. Uh, or even if it's I'm feeling sad, I just want to feel better now. So be patient. And so in order to be patient, recognize I'm a creator. What am I creating? If I needed to, how could I create patience? And so then again, getting curious, uh, what type of questions can I ask? Well, what does patience feel like? How would a patient person behave in this moment? Um, you know, really diving into it. And so first chapter talks about that. And then once you're patient, you're not waiting anything. So you're here now. If you're, you're still feeling any type of stress, be present. What is it like to create a present person? And, and it goes on. To, I don't want to take too much time. But so and then the chapter three is, is creating joy. Right. So now you're, you're not waiting anything. You're here now. You're understanding the, the, the value of now. Uh, how would you rather be feeling? What would it be like to create some joy? Can you in your heart automatically create joy? It takes practice, but absolutely. Right. And so even if it's just a little bit more joy than had just a minute before. Uh, so create joy. And then the epilogue is just keep going right on any given day, on your best day and on your worst day. Those two words will serve you more than any others, because if you you know, there's always tomorrow. And even on your worst day, if you wake up in the morning, it's, an, it's an, a, an opportunity to reset. One thing that I've been really focusing a lot of my conversations on lately is that, as obvious as it sounds, and I touch on this in the book, is that there is 
you know, when you wake up in the morning, there's gravity, there's sunlight, there's oxygen, just so that you can exist today. And what are you doing with it? Mm. Right? It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened last year. Your past does not equal, does not have to equal your future. So many of us get caught up in believing that it does. And this is who I am. And I've created this identity and I'm stuck here. And this is what I'm going to be for the rest of my life. And I want to share you my story about what happened to me, what happened to me, what happened to me. And then you're just stuck there. And that's where you're, you're staying. But if you recognize that every single day can be a clean state slate, and you decide who you want to be today. It doesn't have to be a clean slate if you enjoy the, the, where you're going uh, and the process that you're already in. But if you're, you're having some challenges, you're feeling unfulfilled, decide to start doing things differently and, and wake up tomorrow and recognize that this is a gift. Literally, today is a gift. What are you doing with it? And who do you want to be because of it? Mm, I love it, love it, love it. And where can our listeners go to find a copy of that book? Yeah, so obviously it's... Um, it's sold anywhere books are sold, as they say. You know, you can find it on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes and Nobles or wherever. Uh, but if you go to ryanstanley.com, uh, which is my website, you, you'll you see there's a, um, a tab on there that says, be patient, be present, be joyful. And so you can click on that. If you buy one from there, I'll send you a copy signed, uh, as well as, depending on my availability, you'll get a complimentary coaching session with me as well. Um, but if you find yourself strapped for cash during COVID times and you just would like uh, you feel like what you've heard today could serve you and you just want a free copy, you can actually download a PDF of it as well by going to ryanstanley.com slash free dash ebook. And this way you can download it, it can serve you. I love the physical copy because it's something I can carry with me yeah. and, and utilize and kind of write notes in. Um, but I also really want to serve as many people as possible so uh, they can find it there as well. Love that. And of course, as usual, all of those links will be in the show notes, including all of the places that you can find Ryan all over the interwebs. Yes. Ryan, it's been so amazing speaking with you today. You've dropped so much gold, so many value bombs. I'd love you to share for us to finish this episode, make sure it's wrapped up, tied up with a beautiful bow. What is the last thing that you would like to leave the listeners with today? Uh, I will say living on purpose does not happen by accident. And that's a kind of a, it's something I've been saying a lot lately. And, and the more I say it, the more powerful I realize it is. Um, so decide who you want to be, write it down, spend time today. If you're hearing this, spend time today writing down who you want to be in every area of your life. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, read it out loud. Decide that it is a possibility, that the outcome is absolutely a possibility. Have faith in the outcome. Create gratitude for the outcome. And then read it again before you go to bed. By doing this, you're, you're, you're planting seeds for your subconscious to, the, to remind you of who you want to be. When you go to sleep, you'll dream about it. When you, you know, you, these are things that the last thing you think about, right? You want it to be important. And then just take action on it every single day with gratitude for the outcome. There's a, a band called the Avit Brothers. And uh, in one of their songs, they have a line that just says, decide what to be and go be it. Mm. And I think truer words have never been spoken. Love it. Thank you so much, Ryan. Thank you for coming here and hopefully inspiring thousands of people to set the stage for the performance of their life. Thanks That's so much. That's my intention, Samantha. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to the show. Whenever you're ready, here are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab a free copy of the Thought Leaders Positioning Checklist over at samanthariley.global forward slash checklist. Number two, check out my inner circle for coaches, experts and change makers over at samanthariley.global forward slash inner circle. Or number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or a one-on-one -on -one level at hello at samanthariley.global. I look forward to hanging out with you here again on Thursday, right here on the Thought Leaders Business Lab.